the volume. The Sports Gambling with Moneyline Monaco podcast is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to bet the action than on FanDuel Sportsbook during the football season. This is why I love betting on the FanDuel Sportsbook. It's America's number one sportsbook for obvious reasons. It's easy to use. It's safe and secure. Fast payouts in as quick as two hours. Are you kidding me? And do you see these same game parlay bets? Not to mention the live betting. Just a gorgeous platform all the way across the board. FanDuel is making it easy for everyone to bet this season with a bunch of promotions that they will be sharing all season long on my podcast. You can't miss it. We're talking about risk-free bets, same-game parlay bets, enhanced odds, markets, and more. That's boosted odds, baby. If you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code MONACO. So they know I sent you. Disclaimer, 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342 Arizona. 1-888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org forward slash chat Connecticut. 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com forward slash RG Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help. Michigan, Tennessee Redline, 1-800-889-9789, Tennessee. Visit www.1800gambler.net, West Virginia. All right, welcome into another episode of Sports Gambling with Moneyline Monaco. I'm your host, Alex Monaco. Special edition episode, my guy Martin Weiss, part of the Extra Points Podcast Network with Cousin Sal via FanDuel. And of course, he's got the Lemon Pepper Parlay. You've seen him all over Twitter killing it. What's good, Martin? Alex, baby, what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm fired up to talk with you, man. It's it's a week and some change out from the Super Bowl. Let's just start out with a little decompress on your overall takeaway on the NFL playoffs from a gambling perspective. You saw the favorites in the wild card round. Then you saw the dogs bark in the divisional round. And then you saw some unbelievable comebacks for these two teams to get here, Rams and Bengals. How did you do and what did you learn? So AFC, I killed it. NFC, uh, Aaron Rodgers, thanks a lot, pal. But I think my biggest takeaway from uh, from just just like over the first two weekends of, of playoff football, it's you really got to pay attention to how December went for some of these teams. I'm not saying throw out the first you know three months of the season, but if you just took at December, there's no reason why Arizona. If you just eliminate. Everything else but December, Arizona's not a playoff team, much less one of the best teams in the league, right? So then you see Green Bay. They falter a little bit down the stretch. Boom, they got a bye, but then all of a sudden you see what happens to them. Conversely, Cincinnati, super hot down the stretch, right? Buffalo, really hot down the stretch. These guys were able to – those were teams that, you know, once they got into the playoffs, no, they dominated for the most part. Or Buffalo, you know, Buffalo lost that, you know, 13 seconds to Kansas City. But in the first round, obviously dominated New England, and you see where the Cincinnati Bengals are now. 
And then, now that I'm just off the top of my head, the Las Vegas Raiders really backed into the playoffs, right? Kind of snuck in and, you know, quick exit. Without question. Well, on that note, you know, the Bengals are, are the hottest cover in the league right now. They're a 7-0 and against the spread, just straight run. And as an underdog, which they are in the Super Bowl, they're incredible. They're on an 8-3 and against the spread, underdog run. And they've covered 8-10 to games away from Paul Brown Stadium. And of course, we have the added element that the Rams are hosting the Super Bowl. Interestingly enough, they're the visitor team, which I find hilarious. But to your point of December football, you hear those kind of stats. Are you a ride that kind of a trend or momentum? I mean, both teams have momentum going into this game, right? But if a team is particularly hot as an underdog, do you like that? And on that note, are you are you flirting with Bengals plus four and a half? So, well, first off, you just gave out the Bengals numbers for this year, which I understand because that's, this is the season in which we're talking about. But if you extrapolate those numbers to the games in which Joe Burrow has started, as the Bengals quarterback, I think you'll find out one thing. Joe Burrow covers the damn spread. I'll say that. Just to know that. Joey covers. He gets it done. He may not always win, but he knows what matters. You know what I'm saying? He makes sure your pockets are right if you back him. Uh, with this this is this is a big. I, I, my one of my colleagues on the Extra Points Network, Dave Damashek, talks about the curse of supposed to. The Rams are supposed to be here. The Rams, you know, from from day one, as soon as they traded for Matthew Stafford on the beaches of Cabo, it was this is where we're going to be. Ironically enough, playing a like you said a road game in SoFi Stadium, but I, you know they also played one last week, and then I was there in Week 17, but they played another road game as the 49ers came down the SoFi <laughs> as well. But the Rams have all, all the pressure. The Rams have all the pressure, and the Bengals are a team that are playing like people want to say playing with house money, playing above their heads. To me, I just think that as supreme confidence. Um, I like the Bengals offensively against the Rams defense. Because I know people hear that and be like, Martin, did you not watch the first round when Jeffrey Simmons and the Titans had nine sacks on Jer Burrow? And I would turn around and tell you, did you not watch the first round when Joe Burrow got sacked nine times and never gave it up, never fumbled, never threw a pick, never none of that? And, and Jeffrey Simmons, you know, Jeffrey Simmons is the type of guy that looks like he eats two breakfasts, right? Like Aaron Donald, don't get me wrong, dominant defensive tackle, but – He's on the slow, like, the Rams are more quick. They're more of a, as opposed to the Titans, which are more like, we're going to just try to run you guys over, these offensive linemen over. I think the Bengals will be able to run the ball. So with all of that being said, Matt Stafford, who I covered for many years in Detroit, will make one mistake in this game. I don't know if it's going to be enough to cost the Rams the game, but that's why I'm taking Bengals. And I'm waiting until kickoff because I think everybody's just slammed the Rams money. Like, uh, you know, everybody's just every, – no. People have been doubting the Bengals all year. I'm not going to be the first one. I'm not going to do it yet. Like, I, I've been on them all playoffs. I'm going to keep doing it. Well, I love that. And how about just talking this out, and, and maybe you can talk me out of it because I'm in it. I, and it's not advised, but I have already positioned myself with a couple NBA cupcake money lines with the Rams to bring that minus 180, minus 185-ish on FanDuel money line down to an even money play. And I'm also loving the Bengals plus four and a half. Do you think, or would you advise in this game particularly, 
to potentially take both sides. I know you're leaning Bengals, but if there's a world the Rams win, could you see the Bengals covering, thus winning twice? I I do not see a blowout. I don't see a blowout in this game. Not one bit. I really don't. And everybody was like, I don't even understand how the you know the, the AFC championship was last weekend. Kansas City just stamp them to the Super Bowl. Cincinnati, what's the point? Like, why thanks for coming, guys? Like, you know, thanks for the glorified scrimmage. Everybody thought that was gonna be a blowout. I didn't see that being a blowout either. Here's the thing that concerns me about this matchup. You got like three types of quarterbacks, right? You got quarterbacks who you can win because of, quarterbacks who you can win in spite of, and then quarterbacks you can't win with at all, right? And like the in spite of thing and the because of thing are the two that we have here. Now, the Bengals are winning because of Jerboa. Period, stop. Like, you know, if like, obviously, defensively, they're making plays. Obviously, the run game is working out. But we know this. If Jerboa drops back with 14.55 left in the first quarter and is clutching at his knee not to return, we might as well watch the Puppy Bowl, right? Because that thing is <laughs> over. Now, I'm not saying that Matt Stafford also doesn't have the same level of value to his team, but you watch that game. You watch the two the Rams games over the uh, the last. Uh, pardon me. You watched the Rams game last week in the second half, and Sean McVay was doing everything he could to give the game. They the Rams won that game in spite of Sean McVay because Matt Stafford is a quarterback you can win. You know what I'm saying? Who can overcome your coach's mistakes, right? However. If Matt Stafford is the reason why you win every single week, that's going to be trouble. Whereas I think a guy like Joe, I think a guy like Justin Herbert, I think a guy that can be the reason why you win every week. Tom Brady can be the reason why you win every week. That gives me cause for concern. Stafford, he'll give it up. He tried to he tried to give it up in the NFC Championship game. Did you cross guitar? No, well said. And from a betting perspective, how much are you factoring in? I was talking about this with Brumley before we we hopped on with you. The coaching advantage that is Sean McVay to Zach Taylor. I mean, Zach Taylor, I thought had already, I thought he was halfway out the Uncle Phil window before Burrow even got to town. He's somehow still hanging in there. And you look at McVay now, and yes, as you alluded to, game manager, not the same strategist as he is play caller for sure. But you almost looked at him like looking up and revering Belichick last Super Bowl a couple years back. And now he's been there and now he's in the comfort of his own stadium. And I just think from a coaching advantage perspective, we have a huge lean Rams here. Are you factoring in that at all considering Zach Taylor and, and his team hasn't been there? There is. And I think that, the experience of having gone to the Super Bowl, I think, is something that super benefits Sean McVay. And one of the things I give credit to Sean McVay is, it's like that Super Bowl run. Everybody was talking about how great he was, and how he was a genius. I mean, and then and then and the fallout. You see, everybody who ever had, you know, ever had dinner reservations with Sean McVay getting a head coaching job, including the aforementioned Zach Taylor. Right? That was the one where like he, he this guy coached wide receivers. What are we doing? I think that the number one thing that we need to pay attention to and the number one thing that Sean McVay, I think, realized in both Super Bowls, because he didn't make it about himself in the first Super Bowl. He's, you know, and in and, and this one, the reason why he goes against Stafford, you got to get a guy who can overcome your mistakes, right, as a head coach. 
I was talking to TJ Husmanzada about this, about the Buffalo Bills. Just bear with me. Take this walk real quick. Because I was like, hey, you know, AFC East is weird. You know, you got Brian Dayball probably leaving. You got, you know, maybe maybe the deep, maybe Ken Dorsey's leaving. And he TJ asked me a very important question. He's like, hey, man, when, when Josh Allen missed through people and rolled out and threw that touchdown pass against the Kansas City Chiefs, what play do you think was called? It doesn't matter, right? Like, like when Jer Burrow... When Joe, when when Chris Jones hopped on Joe Burrow's back and he bucked him off like he was like he was a, like a toddler and he ran on third and seven and then again took it up the middle on third and nine. You think they called quarterback draw? Like no, nah, it doesn't matter. Players win games. Now it does matter to like you got to be put in the right position. You know what I'm saying? So on and so forth. I think that's what 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 McVay realized in his last Super Bowl was like Matt Stafford. I mean uh, Jared Goff is not good enough to overcome. Any shortcoming I may have, I have to be perfect as a head coach in order for this to work, right? In, in order for this to work with golf. So I think that uh, I think that the coaching, while I, th- I think coaching in general is overblown until it comes to things like timeouts and, and things that only coaches can do, right? Like timeouts, challenges, and so on. I do think the Rams have a coaching advantage. It's not enough to make a difference in the grand scheme of, especially at four and a half. Now, if you're talking like two and a half, where this is going to be like, this game is going to come down to a field goal. Oh, I do think it's going to be a close game. But two and a half, you're betting on a field goal margin. That's where I'm more concerned about timeouts and, and challenges. And like, does this guy know what he's doing? Or is, can this quarterback and kicker combo bail me out? Because I think, hey, the Bengals, have, the Bengals have arguably the better quarterback, definitely the better kicker. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't have said that two years ago. I feel like gay was money, and all of a sudden, this rookie coming in. I want to spend a second on this over-under. It's it's arguably the second most appetizing thing people like to fire on. It's right there on FanDuel, around 48.5. There's a big under-run for the Bengals. They've gone under in six of their last eight. That seeps into the regular season, of course. Team that hasn't been there before. Rams are actually a big under versus over on a SoFi at-home resume. And interestingly enough, and this is how sick Vegas is, there was no over-under Super Bowl one. 27 overs, 27 unders to this point, <laughs> Martin. There's been three straight unders in a row, and I went back and looked in the last 20. There hasn't been all but once four straight unders. Do you factor... Any of that into this over-under, and what's your takeaway on what side you're on? That's fascinating. And it's, it's things like that that make me wonder, am I just – is this a whole fruitless endeavor in general? Like, I'm over here thinking, like, <laughs> I might be able to get Vegas on this. I might be able to get Vegas on that. Like, no, Vegas is really, really, really good at all of this. And it's like, even weeks when I hit, you know what I'm saying? Like, weeks when I'm winning, it's like, is this fool's gold? Because I'll probably give it all right back. <laughs> but, no, uh, it, anyway, in terms of this game – I think I would have to, I think I would lean under because what's interesting about straight Super Bowl stats, as weird as it sounds, they're a little skewed. Because Tom Brady and the Patriots participated in so many Super Bowls that it's not like it's a good I don't say it's not a good, obviously. You can only use other Super Bowls to, to measure it off of. But it'd be different if you were looking at divisional round games because, like, then you have a good sense. Like, there's going to be different teams in the divisional round every year. Last 20 years, Tom Brady's been in 10 of the Super Bowls and won with one team for what? 
nine of eight of them. I don't whatever you everybody else knows the math. He just retired. Uh, it's all bouncing around in my head. But I'll go under here because the Rams seem like a team that should score 35 every game and don't. Right. Like something happens like Cam Akers fumbles in, on the red uh, in the red zone. Then all of a sudden Tom Brady's going back and leading the charge. I think for the Bengals to keep this thing close, which I do think they will, they're going to have to run the ball and possess the ball, right? Because they don't want to keep that defense as well as it's been playing. They don't want to keep that defense out there for too long. And you saw what happened. Kansas City went up on them 21 to 3. That did happen. Now, it's major collapse in the second half. But I think a big part of that major collapse in the second half was, you know, they didn't run the ball when they were dropping eight in coverage. I think if you just drop, you run the ball. I mean, you've played Madden. You just run the ball until they stop doing that. And then all of a sudden, I, I think if they ran the ball more than the second half, we might be talking about a Chiefs-Rams Super Bowl, right? But so I don't think the Bengals' defense is the place where we really want to hang our hats on. They know where their bread is buttoned. It's on the Joes, Mixon and uh, and Burrow. That's what they're going to try to control this game. So I lean under there. I see what, – what did you say the final number was again? Well, right now it's around 48 and a half. We'll see if it moves. 48 and a half. I was about to say, I could see now you're going to, you're going to be sweating about it, but I see like a 20, 24, 20 game. Here. Yeah. Well, a couple more for you here. Then I'll, I'll let you jam. Everyone loves talking MVP in the regular season. Might as well touch on it now. I can't believe this, but you're actually giving away a little juice on Matt Stafford to win the MVP. He's minus 110 right now. I, I can't believe it. Burrow. You're getting around two to one. If you're leaning Bengals, is Burrow an unbelievable value bet here? Or if you're leaning Rams, is there a world? And I'll preface it by saying for the last five have been quarterbacks. Prior to that, it was Von Miller and Malcolm Smith. But for the last five have been sure. quarterbacks and all five have been offensive players. Do you think it's a surefire one of these two, or is Cooper Cup saying, nah, I won the triple crown. I am I Snickers angry about it. I'm coming in, say. and I'm taking the MVP. I'm about to say uh, the thing. So, first of all, your boy. Because you remember, I told you that Tom Brady's going to be the top three in touchdown passes. At the, I told you when we did the Super Bowl uh, pregame at the, at, the end of the, uh, at the end of the divisional round, I said, if you like the Chiefs to beat – I mean, I'm sorry. If you like the Bengals to beat the Chiefs, Joe Burrow right now, Super Bowl MVP, was 12 to 1. 12 to 1. So I'm sitting on the 12 to 1 Joe Burrow Super Bowl MVP. No, you're not. Wow. I I I mean, it's just it's I love futures like that because you don't have to tell anybody if you don't have them, right? Like if you it's just missed, you don't have to tell anybody. But the ones you got, plus 12 to 1, there you go, pal. Um, I do think Cooper Cup is a good shot to win the MVP if the Rams win this game, because obviously it's going to go to the winning team and historically a quarterback award. Um, but I think with the Bengals, the Bengals, you got Jamar, who's a possibility, and Mixon, who's a possibility. Um, but to me, I think if I, I think that the Matt Stafford being uh, minus 110 is just showing quarterback bias to this award, in my opinion. Cooper Cup is going to be, I mean, if the Rams win this game, if, as they've won the last two, Cooper Cup's obviously going to play a huge role. Like Cooper Cup, he had two touchdowns and three targets in the red zone last game, right? You telling me that Cooper Cup goes and scores three touchdowns in the Super Bowl with the buck, you know, buck forty-five receiving yards after the season that he's had, and then Stafford, you know, Stafford throws a pick, maybe 
then like I think you got a good shot at at Cooper Cup ringing this thing up as the Super Bowl MVP. I wouldn't waste any money on like Von Miller, Aaron Donald, anything like that. That's not happening. Like that's not it. It, it would have to be such a historic performance that you won't even feel bad about losing your MVP bet. You'll just be like, wow, I just watched history happen. Hey, I mean, just playing devil's advocate, Vaughn Miller once upon a time. I mean, we can't even get that Cam Newton play out of our head. We all remember it. We'll remember it for the test of time. Okay, but the thing that you also have to remember is just how inept that Broncos offense was. (laughs) Like, you know what I'm saying? Like part of the reason, like that's part of the reason why it's like, can we really give this? To, like, wow, Peyton Manning might—he only completed about 55 percent of the passes. Do we really want to give him the MVP? He's like that 78 yards. Like you know what I'm saying? It's like they got to give it to the guy who plays the best. But in this in this game, in this game, in particular, you, the offenses are going to show up. One of the offenses, put it like this. If both offenses don't show up, the offense that does wins, and the offense that does, one of those players is going to be MVP. And I'll get you out of here with this. I don't know if you love having fun with the Super Bowl props. There's some absurd ones out there. Will a player propose to his girlfriend? Will a fan run onto the field? I don't even know if those are real or not. I'm just seeing them out there. Blue Gatorade has cashed two of the last three at over four to one. Orange last uh, for Andy Reid and, and blue for both Tom Brady Super Bowls. Are you into any of those? If not, a little more serious one. I mean, they continue to disrespect OBJ on receiving yards. But what say you on the Super Bowl props? First of all, Super Bowl props are one of the biggest things that got me into gambling. See, Monica, I used to, I never, I never got into the game. I, I always used to sit on the sidelines. And just watch and be like, ooh, that team just covered. Ooh, you know what I'm saying? However, I'll take you back to the scene of the crime. The <laughs> NFC Championship game. The Saint, I mean, the, the Los Angeles Rams and the New Orleans Saints. Nikel Roby Coleman tackles Tommy Lee Lewis on the six-yard line. Eliminating what would have been a walk-in touchdown in the Saints Super Bowl berth. And I said, I, I have to watch this game. It's my job. I live in L.A. No one even in L.A. gives a damn that it's a Super Bowl. The only thing that – I see the Randy's donut, and that's blue and yellow, and that's about it. Otherwise, you would have thought it was March in Los Angeles when the Rams went to the Super Bowl <laughs> the first time. I was, So I watched it in protest. I said, yeah, I got to find something to keep me interested. What am I going to do? I bet all the props. I bet over everything, and of course, the final score of the game is 13-3. to Nobody hit anything. The biggest prop that I hit was the national anthem under. Will Travis Scott take a knee during the anthem? No. And Brady, uh, something about Brady under rushing yards or something like that. So it was it was, it was, was not a good day, but however, I tell you all that to say, yes, I very much enjoyed the Super Bowl props. I love it. Do you have one for us? If that's where you started, I'm going to have to tail some wise advice here. Unless you're still marinating. All good. We'll, we'll tease it for Twitter. I'm still thinking about it, but I will say this. I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but I know since the Rams have acquired Odell Beckham, I was say maybe the Baltimore game, he he scored in Baltimore, whatever. And in any event, he scored a lot of touchdowns since the Rams got him. And in the playoffs, he really has. I see an OBJ go off. Like, he's caught a lot of important balls. Don't get me wrong. Almost, I think like maybe like only four of his catches so far have not been for first downs, but 
like I Cooper Cup touchdowns, like Cooper Cup had all these touchdowns. I see Odell Beckham anytime touchdown. The only thing that scares me is he might throw it. Then it wouldn't count. <laughs> wow, there it is. All right, so on your way out, just to reiterate, you're on Bengals plus the four and a half. You're leaning under, and you're chilling on your Joe Cool 12 to 1 Futures MVP ticket. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I may... I may in the wow. spirit of moneyline I may in the spirit of moneyline Monaco hedge that with like a, a Stafford MVP and a Cup MVP just potentially but I will say this no matter what the line is at kickoff I put a half unit on four and a half I put a half unit on four and then it moves on me to four and a half I'm whatever it is on kickoff I'm putting the other half unit on the Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase three of Louisiana boys you know I'm originally from New Orleans so there, there we go. it is that's you- what it is. You and Brum both, LSU in the building, Louisiana in the building. Man, I'm over here feeling Southern California, party of Steven Glansburg one, man. Jeez. You know what? You're surrounded with good people. That's true. That's true. Wait, Martin Weiss on the mic with me. He'll be on again. Make sure to check him out on Twitter. Martin Weiss, Extra Points Podcast, Lemon Pepper Parlay. He's killing. He's on with Rob Parker. He's on with Hushman Zada. He is killing the game, and he'll have daily picks starting as soon as the Super Bowl wraps. So make sure you throw him a follow on Twitter. And for Martin, I'm Alex. We'll see you next week on the Sports Gambling with Moneyline Monaco podcast.